What up, folks? What it do? Welcome to another episode of the best advice ever podcast. Yeah. With your boy, comedian, Mike Goodwin. I'm back in my regular threads to record the podcast because it got some schedule situation. Now, typically, I start each episode with on the road, but I hadn't been on the road because we're home for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. We had time to spend time with families and friends. So we had a wonderful Thanksgiving. So I want to start today's episode, number one, giving a shout out to the Camden Bulldogs, uh, the Camden High Bulldogs out of South Carolina. They are now traveling to the state championship this upcoming Saturday at seven o'clock. I think it's, I don't know where it's being played, but we've just recently beat Brooklyn Casey High School. We beat these guys 46 to 30. I think this, if I'm not mistaken, maybe Camden's third time either getting to state or playing the, the semifinal, the game before state. A great run for the senior class. Uh, we're playing Daniel, and I'm I'm of the opinion uh, that we'll win this one. I think we lost to Daniel last year, and I think we've we're coming back with a vendetta. So shout out to my hometown, Camden Bulldogs. I, I'm, I was thinking about this, and I will do it in an upcoming episode. I need to do a football episode. I need to really outline <laughs> football and its origins and how I relate to the sport. I think it would be a very great podcast episode. But since I'm not doing it on the road, I want to do an episode of call What are you reading? Yeah. What are you reading? Now, I, I've been accused of reading multiple books at the same time. And I do. I do. I read um, a lot. I'm a very avid reader. I'm often not an avid finisher of the reading that I read, but I also am often reading and I'm getting great ideas from what I do read. So I'm I, you know, I've I've not, you know, you kind of would hold yourself in a, a negative regard if you didn't finish something that you started. So I, I've I've really been working to finish books that I'm reading. But if I read one chapter and I get something from it, I, I I'm just of the opinion that that's that's great, man. Nobody's grading me on the information that I I, I gain and I, so on one regard, I do, I read a lot of books, but I do have, a, I get, I get bored. I mean, it's sim- similar. I do this with, um, I do this with um, television shows. There are a number of shows that I start and I don't finish. I just don't, it, I lose interest. And I don't know if that's, that's good or bad. That's just what it is. There's, I mean, I can, there's a number of shows I've watched multiple seasons of, but I've I've gotten to a spot and it's like, yeah, I think I've gotten all that I needed from this. I think this has been, this is where we're part now. I think I do. Sometimes I do that with books. It's like, uh, it's just not holding my interest. But again, I, I've been very more, I've been very intentional in, in finishing and in, in finishing books. And so I want to have a conversation or at least introduce you to a book called The Ghost Boys. The Ghost Boys, this is a book written by Jewel Parker Rhodes. 
And it's more, it's a book more so written for, for children. Let me tell you how I found out about this book. So my wife and I, we were just in Charlotte, as I said in the previous podcast, we were at this brunch spot and it's very cosmopolitan and the seats were very close to one another. So when we were being, you know, shown our seat, there was already a couple there having, having their, you know, eating their food and the seats were so close. I just felt like, Hey man, I need to break the awkwardness of us sitting closer as they were sitting us. I said to the couple, I was like, Oh, oh, y'all just weren't going to wait for us. Y'all just going to go ahead and eat your food without us showing up. And so we had some great banter, some great back and forth. And one of the interesting things about this, this restaurant, they bring you your receipt in a book. So we, you know, we're sitting there and the server comes up with the art of war and sits it on the table. And I asked the gentleman, I was like, man, did you order a book? Like what? I didn't see that on the menu. And he was explaining to me that they brought the receipt inside of a book and you could, you know, you could sign the book. Then we were just talking about the art of war, how it was a good book and that this man had had given it to some of the guys that he he had mentored or or thought it would be a good book to give some guys he mentored. So we had a a little conversation around books and he was saying that uh, one of the best books that he's read recently was the ghost boys, which I had not heard of. And I went and ordered it pretty quickly and I read this book in three days and he, he was explaining it wasn't a long book. It was very, very short read. And it is, it's very, uh, that now, unfortunately, there are some people I know that they don't read non-fiction. They don't read fiction. They read all non-fiction. This is, this is a fiction book. This is a book that basically, uh, gives an account of a, a young black boy that shot by a police officer that had a toy gun and it, and it does a great job of showing the perspective from multiple angles. So the, the little boy that's, that's, that shot, he's the primary speaker. He's the, 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 the narrator, the narrator, <laughs> he's the narrator of the story. And it kind of bounces back and forth between him being alive and him being dead. And ghost boys are basically all the, the black boys that were shot that were innocent. And and there's a community, the community of them being led by uh, a, a pretty prominent uh, figure. And it, it's a great, it's a great, they did a great job. It did a great job of talking about a very difficult topic, uh, race, um, gun violence, inner city violence, and, and just navigating the story, I think the the author did an outstanding job. So I think this is a great book to have um, to give you some perspective on on different a different uh, point of views because everyone was and, and no one was demonized. So the police officer wasn't demonized. The little boy that was shot wasn't demonized. The court system, like it, it really gave a comprehensive look at all the components of when a tragic event like this happened and it's communicated in a story form that can be digested by younger people. I mean, I'm thinking a 12 year old, my my son actually said they read this book when he was in virtual school, that would have been the fifth grade. 
and it was a good book. So I would highly recommend The Ghost Boys if if that's something of interest to you. It's a, it's a quick read. It, it doesn't it doesn't take long. And it and again, it it really uh, even for someone like me that is is pretty aware of of when these instances have happened and and happened. Uh, I I have a a a, a keen interest and these types of stories, but even for someone who may not be uh, connected to to these stories or, or, or thinking about the life of a a little black, little black boy, I think it just does a great, this author does a great job of communicating a very challenging um, event. And then, and again, it, it, it is very comprehensive. It looks at it from multiple angles angles and even follows the child before the incident even happens. So it, it, it gives you some context of, of, of the life that this young boy was, was living and his mother and his sister and his brother, his uh, mother and father and his grandparent mother that lived with them. Very well done. So the name of the book is ghost boys. And uh, I hope that you would take a look at it. And I would love to hear, uh, your thoughts if you if you take a if you take a look now for the part of the podcast you've been waiting for the best advice ever and today's best advice is control the controllables don't think that controllables is a is a real word but you know what I'm saying control the things that you can control I I was recently reminded of this because. As you know, I'm a South Carolina Gamecock fan, and we lost our rivals yesterday, the Clemson Tigers. It's a very terrible game, very un, un anticlimactic. Just wasn't a game that you know most most games. You're like, man, that was a that was a good game, even though you won or you lost. We lost, and I felt like it was one of those games that both teams should have lost. We should have tied. No one deserved to win that game because if you take away, we gave a a, a touchdown away. You're talking about a nine-seven game. <laughs> the final score had had we not blundered and, and gave a touchdown to the Tigers, we would have been a nine-seven final. That's that's just disgusting. However, what made me think about this is there was in times past, and I think even to date, watching that game impacts my emotion for the next day. So I've I've been a you know, in this rivalry where we've won, I've been a a, a butthole. And I, I, I remember one time I took a, a newspaper to church, like with the headlines and was all in Clemson fans face. Ah, that's, that's disgusting. I'm sad to even think that I did some foolery like that. But I've been excited when we've won and, uh, and over exuberant. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I've been very sad. And for days after the loss, I'm moping and feeling away. And I don't control. I don't catch a pass. I don't hike a ball. I don't call a play. I I can't. And, and, and being a sports fan is a very interesting concept. It's just, it's very, it's, 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 it's wild. It's wild too to be a fan of a team, but I cannot control the outcome of the game. So therefore I need to be able to control the controllables. I need to understand that 
I'm going to watch this game and win, lose, or draw. I'm going to move forward in life with the same determination, the same goals, the same, whether we won, whether we lost, what I can't be inhibited <laughs> by the performance of a team that I'm not even on the team. I don't go to practice. I don't sit in on the, the meetings. And so I think that's what led me to this best advice ever to control the things that you can control, control, the controllables where you might say, Mike, how do I do that? I'm like, I'm glad you asked. First thing, you have to identify what is even within your control. What is within your control? There's some things that you don't have no control over. And those things are things that you should just wash your hands of. Like I have no control over how many interceptions our quarterback's going to throw. My cheering my fan uh, support <laughs> that quarterback Spencer Rattler, whoever the person is, has gonna have to go out there and execute and compete. So just be able to identify what you can control. There's that there's the poem, the, the serenity prayer, right? Give me the ability to the things that I can control and the things I can't, you know, let me not be worrying, worrying about those things. Identify before, before you, one of the ways that you can control the con controllables is to first identify what you actually can control. The next thing you can do is accept the things that are beyond your control. There's just some things that are beyond my control and I have to be, have to be fine with that. I think that's how you can control the controllable. Next thing is you would adapt and learn from setbacks. Setbacks will happen. Things won't go the way that you plan. You have to adapt. You have to make adjustments. You have to figure out how can I learn a lesson from the setback and not allow this setback to set me out or set me down or to put me out of the game. Just learn to make the adjustments and then learn what lessons are important for you to move forward. And the last thing that I think is vitally important, I think Eric E.T., the hip hop preacher, talks about it all the time. You have to practice self-awareness. You have to practice self-awareness. I, I, I've understand, I've understood the older that I, I get, there's sometimes in life that you feel like, oh, that's just who I am. Like, no, man, there's a pattern in place. And if I'm not aware that these particular things trigger this type of response for me, I'm just going to find, I'm just going to keep doing this over and over again. So out of practice, oh, whenever this happens, I start to feel like, okay, I'm watching, watching this great show. And, and, and one of the main characters basically had a scenario in her life where her mother died and her father basically said, Hey, don't be emotional at the funeral. Nobody, this is not the day for you to be carrying on you with your emotions. So she internalized that. And instead of like communicating her grief and pain for her mother passing, she started sabotaging other things in her life to feel a way to feel something because in a moment where she should be able to express her feelings and, and how grievous or distressed 
or or sad she is about her the passing of her mother she was told not to do any of that it was told to shut it down don't be in here doing all of that and so she found other outlets but had she been aware of this behavior she would have said oh wait a minute there's a pattern in which I'm anytime something bad happens I, I act out in other ways because my father told me that I could not grieve in this moment at a funeral right so practice self-awareness those are the ways that you can control the controllables let me tell you the steps again number one identify what is within your control number two accept what is beyond your control number three adapt and learn from setbacks and number four practice self-awareness and that will help you to control the controllable Well, in this segment, we're going to talk about the mind of Mike. I have this segment that I do, the mind of Mike. And I was watching um, sports like I enjoy. And they did the top five Thanksgiving foods, Stephen A. Smith. And then one of the other anchors did a top five. And, and Stephen A. A. Smith had something, coconut tarts inside his top five. I was like, I'm not going to say that. That was a trash top five that he gave because that's his five. I can't be the arbiter of someone else's five. But I realized, you know what? Let me do my top five. And I would love to hear from you. What are your top five Thanksgiving foods? I'm going to give you mine. I'm going to start with number five and work my way up the list. The top five Thanksgiving food. This is for me, Mike Goodwin. I know you may feel a way. Same way I felt about coconut tart. You might feel a way about what's on my list. So starting off with number five, I'm going to start off with one of the headliners of Thanksgiving. One of the, the most important parts of Thanksgiving. My number five is turkey. Yeah. Turkey. I like it. I typically will not eat it separate from Thanksgiving. I mean, I, I, that's Thanksgiving, Christmas. I get my turkey on. So that's why it makes the top. But it's, it's number five. It's, 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 at, it's at the bottom. Now, if I'm going to get it. I mean, let me get that fried. I won't fry it more than the, you know, the, the standard, but I'll take the standard. I take standard baked, baked uh, roasted or however you make the turkey, but I, I, I like that fried. I like fried a little better. But at number five, I got to give it to turkey. I'm, I'm going to go, you know, turkey. Now, if you have good turkey, it's, it's a little, it's, it's a little, you know, a little, 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 little moist. You don't want that dry. You don't want that dry turkey, but. Some good moist turkey is, is great turkey. People hate the word moist. I understand that. I should have gave a trigger warning if you are one of these people. But number five on my list is turkey. Number four. Number four, I'm going to go with potato salad. Yeah, that's that's Thanksgiving food. Number four for me is potato salad. Yeah, yeah. I just realized looking at my list, I forgot one, we got to make an adjustment on the fly. So number four is potato salad. That's what we're going to do. Number three, we're going to go with our sweet potato pie. That's it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to add a dessert in there or our sweet potato pie, not pumpkin pie. I don't, I don't understand these people talking about pumpkin pie. There's coconut pie. I think that there's, that's a popular pecan or pecan pie. That's that's pretty popular. I'm going to go with the sweet Potato pie. That's going to be my number three. Your number two. 
go with ham. I'm, I'm gonna go with ham on that number two. Ham, yeah, man, I, I gotta have some of that ham. Uh, ham is, yeah, ham's high on my list. Well, we got turkey. Ch- chicken is one that I can go without because I do so much chicken in my my, my regular diet. Thanksgiving, if I don't have ch- chicken that day, I'm good. Now, we did have chicken, and it was outstanding. But I'm going to get that turkey. I'm going to get that ham. And for number one, you know number one, my number one, probably many of your mac and cheese. And I don't care how you make it. What You can do the five cheeses. You can do my, my sister did a Gouda cheese and some other type of cheese. That was very good. But the good old standard mac and cheese, that's number one on my list. So mac and cheese, number one. Number two, we got ham. Number three, we got the sweet potato pie. Number four, potato salad, which I often mistakenly call banana pudding. I, <laughs> I got some in my brain sometimes I call banana pudding potato salad. But when I'm talking about potatoes, I'm talking about potato salad. And then number five is, is turkey. I got some honorable mentions, though. I do have some honorable mentions. I have some folks that didn't make the rankings, but they, they got some votes. Collard greens. Collard greens should have been. It should have been in the five, but there's only five spots. So collard greens definitely, definitely gets the honorable mention. I would go with uh, dressing. Yeah, there's a debate around stuffing and dressing. I'm, I'm talking about dress. I'm talking about the thing that's separate from the meat. Stuffing is what you put in the turkey. I, I can do with or without stuffing. Give me some dressing. That's that's what I want, Dressing. And then the, the the next, I get three honorable mentions. The next honorable mention, this is this is a sneaker now. This is something that kinda I think is very important, but you don't I don't think I think it's underrated. I don't think it gets the love that it should get out here in these Thanksgiving in these Thanksgiving streets, and that is uh deviled eggs. Yeah. Devil eggs is a game winner. Devil eggs is what you want. Matter of fact, Devil Ed held me over until we had dinner because some members of our party were not at the time that we suggested that they arrive, that we needed more cushion. So the Devil eggs allowed us to, to be satiated as we waited for the other members of our party to arrive. So yes, man, those are my, my top five with honorable mention. I got honorable mention in there and that's from the mind of Mike. And last but not least, the portion of the show I really enjoy the, what you're not going to do. So I had something happen. I have, you know, I got, I got cool friends. I got people out here doing some awesome things. I got a buddy of mine, photographer and we've been trying to get this this photo shoot i was supposed to take take we we're supposed to have a photo shoot he had this special i purchased the special it was for a certain time frame and then i wasn't able to make it to the location so we made an adjustment so when i flew out to do the today show in september my buddy lives in new jersey so my buddy was gonna come over to new york was gonna take the pictures the day i, I flew in a day early before the today show well, it rained the entire day before my appearance on the Today Show. So we no pictures. Like New York City, early fall, man, it was gonna be amazing. Like this is where you want to go and take. It rained the entire day. 
So I wasn't able to get it done. So I get a text from my buddy a few days ago, about a week ago now. And he texts me, hey, man, how close do you live to Columbia, South Carolina? Which I was like, I didn't even respond to that. I immediately called. I said, man, what are you talking about? He says, hey, man, I'm coming to Columbia. My my friend has an event. He's doing some a performance, right? I'm like, number one, I live in Columbia. When are you coming? Well, he was coming on the day where we were leaving to go to Charlotte. So we would not. But he was saying maybe he'd come a little earlier. We can get the photo shoot done, knock it out. So I'm like, okay, let me know. Cause that's what for the dude. I said, well, what's your, I say, cause it was a little strange. He said his friend had a performance. I was like, who's your friend? What's your friend name? He said, my friend's name is Malcolm. I ain't pressing. I ain't think much of Malcolm. Cause I'm like, this dude, no dudes. This guy knows people. He said, my friend name is Malcolm. Hi, man. Let me know. So we didn't hear anything. By the time I heard something, I think we were in Charlotte. Like, I'm in Columbia. I'm in Charlotte. Well, have a great event. Hope everything goes well. We get on. We move it on. I get on Facebook Sunday morning. Just happened to pull up Facebook. I see there's a club in Columbia because that's the club the guy mentioned he was going to be at with his friend Malcolm. I look at the picture. It's a picture of Malcolm Jamal Warner. Theo, come on, man. This your friend, Malcolm? So I text. I took a screenshot. This is Malcolm? Is this your king? I'm like, bro, you could have told me Malcolm Jamal Warner was your boy, that you was coming to town for Malcolm Jamal Warner. I wasn't going to ask you for no tickets, man. I wouldn't ask you, hey, man, let me meet Theo. I would love to meet Theo, childhood fan, my friend Malcolm. I mean, what you're not going to do is act like everybody in the world, I ain't going to say everybody in the world, but people in my demographic don't know who Malcolm Jamal Warner and my friend Malcolm. Man, I, I, ooh, I was like, bro, come on, man. Why you Hollywood me like that, man? My friend, Malcolm. <laughs> Dude, Malcolm Jamal Warner. That's what you're not going to do is hide your famous friends from your boy. That's what you're not going to do. Well, thank y'all. It's been another episode of the Best Advice Ever podcast. If you want to reach out to me, you can email me at info at comedianmikegoodwin.com. This week, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. That's uh, November the 30th at 8 o'clock at the Good night's comedy club if you know folks in, in raleigh let them know get the word out i'll be in raleigh i'm going to tampa i'm being kansas city boston virginia south boston virginia that's by danville area like south virginia i'm near i think in february possibly let people know, man. They can go to my website, mikegoodwin.com, and find all the informa- information on the Big Dad Energy Tour. Again, thank y'all so much. Please rate, subscribe, share this podcast. Tell people how much you enjoy listening to me on the Hump Day Wednesday. And I thank y'all, and I'll see you again next week. Same bat channel, same bat place. 
Could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate it. Peace.